Assalamualaikum everyone. Welcome to another episode of Our Quran Journey where we explore and reflect on the sacred verses of the Holy Quran through Quran tagging, Quran journaling and tadabur. As we are not trained and qualified asatizas, we do not do our own tafsir of the verses that we have selected. Our discussions are aided by tafsir resources such as books and videos. So today we are continuing our tadabur for Surah Al-Kaf and this week, uh, we are focusing on the second parable, that is the story of the man with the two gardens. Uh, this story explains to us the trial of wealth. So, take it away, Ra. Thank you. Assalamualaikum, everyone. So, the owner of two gardens is a story of a man whom Allah blessed with two beautiful and luxurious gardens, where they yielded the maximum outputs, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him the best quality and quantity of garden with river flowing. So he does not have to leave a finger to do irrigation, etc. He also had wealth beyond the gardens, gold, silver, horses, carriages, etc. One day, he conversed with his friend and proudly told the friend that he had more than the friend, such as more money, more noble children, and so on and so forth. So wealth and children are mentioned together in the Quran as they signify world status. Although the Quran warns that the blessings are not necessarily the signs of divine favor and cannot protect one against divine punishment, as of the following verses in the Quran, um, Surah number 9, uh, Ayats 55 and 85, as well as Surah number 23, uh, verses 55 and 56. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned, we gave, we gave him this and we gave him that. However, the man assumed that everything that he was blessed with came from his own hard work and efforts. He did not consider that Allah facilitated all the blessings for him. The man also assumed that all his wealth made him a better person than his companion. So he became boastful and arrogant. In this regard, Allah said that the man has no has harmed no one but himself because he thinks he is mighty. So the man assumed that just because he had wealth at that point, he will forever remain wealthy. He was engrossed with the paradise of the world, that he did not care about the real paradise that is Jannah. He was doubtful of the hereafter or resurrection as he was enjoying the paradise in this world. The man was deluded with the thought that Allah gifted him with all the wealth because Allah loves him. So, however, despite his doubt of the hereafter or resurrection, the man was confident that if he, re if, if he is resurrected, he will find something better than his abundant gardens in the hereafter. He also believed that his wealth and good fortune belonged to him on the basis of his own personal merit and assumed that the merit transcends death. Therefore, he expected to enjoy wealth and children in the hereafter as well. So as he insulted and said all this to the companion, the companion remained silent. However, the companion could not remain silent when the man insulted Allah and denied the day of judgment. So the companion said, how can you be so thankless and ungrateful to the one who created you to humble the man back to earth? The companion also defended Allah by mentioning that he will not associate any partners with his Lord. But why did the companion say this when the man did not specifically mention about associating Allah with any partners? So when the man attributed the success of the garden to himself, he made himself an idol besides Allah. The rich man's companion was concerned about the man's ungratefulness towards Allah and responded to him with three criticisms. When the man displayed rejections of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as a source for all he has, his companion reminded him of his origins. The man's arrogance should have led him to humility as he entered his garden by thanking Allah and ascribing to the blessings. In verse 39, MashaAllah and la quwata illa billah is to be recited when we feel arrogant for what we have and when we feel jealous for what somebody has. So when we recite the following dua, MashaAllah, barakallahu lak, 
la haulaku wa ta illa billah Allah will take the feeling of jealousy away so when we make dua sincerely for the someone that we are jealous of Allah will give us the same blessings of that person inshallah so back to the story so the third criticism that the companion has for the man is that because the man looked down at his companion his companion said if you look down on me for having lesser than you is it possible that Allah might give me something better than what you have even if I don't get a better garden in this world I expect a better jannah in my next life if I'm persistent in my ibadah so as the companion warned the man about Allah's punishments due to his arrogance the companion's words went into effect and the man's garden was destroyed the man wrung his hands as a gesture of remorse and regret however there was no point feeling regret and remorse after an azab the real test happens before an azab are we going to repent and be remorseful then at times of ease everyone enjoys the moment only in times of difficulties and punishment will Allah's protection is truly shown Allah has the best rewards and the best end results the winner is not the one who is rich at one point in his life but the one who is wealthy and happy for eternity remember Allah all the time he tests us not only in hardship but also in ease it is often the test of ease that we feel the most things of this world are temporary and transient all the pleasures and riches of the world are short lived therefore when they are available one must thank Allah and spend on the ones who don't have the worldly pleasures available to them okay thank you ra for your sharing that was very insightful and I, I i do have some sharing of my own um also um i think you guys know of to me right so um the other time when homie sinjana uh, made an ig live together with her shout out to homie sinjana to me she discussed this story also and she mentioned this which like left a lasting impression on me because um i i thought it was very uh relatable even in in the current context like she said she she said that the farmer or the, the guy with the two gardens is very smart why is he smart because uh being a farmer requires skill effort and a well thought out plan so like if you notice even if it like kila personally for me when i tried to grow basil from seeds it was a complete failure like <laughs> the things sprouted and then after it just died <laughs> you need green thumbs you need green thumbs okay and that is just one pot <laughs> can you imagine he had like a huge garden and then like uh, he had to he, he he had to make a strategy he had to strategize so his garden uh, and the, all the plantations will, will flourish so that's why he he put in so much effort like maybe the water irrigation or he made sure that you know um, in the middle of it is uh, great vines right and then outside of it is protected by uh by dead dead uh dead trees so so that uh that made his uh, uh plantation or made his garden strong so maybe um that's why he thinks that the the garden will never perish and like farmers are really patient people because you know that that to grow a crop it takes too long so um in our context i think it's the same thing when 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 we do something and then macam we put in so much effort and at the end of the day, kita macam terlupa, we forget that uh, everything comes from Allah. We think like, wow, this is my effort lah, 100% to me lah. Like, wow, I, I did it, I, I deserve all the recognition, right? So like, yeah lah, that, these kind of things happen to me. Uh, like, uh, I think sometimes even now lah, sometimes terlupa lah. So like, you tend to think that everything that you do, the best things that you do, is all, it all comes from you. But no, I think this story like, also humbles you. To think that um what what we are doing is also no what we are doing is purely uh, out of Allah's will and Allah's help 
Okay, Ayn, so what's your reflection for this week? What I take from the this surah is that, for this parable, is that, <gasps> I, I, I am... I mean, I, I, I feel the, the, the man who went through the loss of the garden. Like, I think, because I think I am, um, I should smear, you know, like, when I do something good, uh, then, like, I, and everything goes, uh, goes my way. Then it's so easy to forget, lah. Uh. It's really easy, very easy to forget. So I think this really, um, um, make me reflect back and to remind myself that, Hello, it's not my doing. <laughs> yeah, it's all it's all uh from Allah Azawajal. So I really hope that um I I I will remember uh what Raf said about saying out the apa tu the doa right. Mashallah, la quwwata illa billah. Okay, yeah, I will take note of that. I will uh, <laughs> say that more often. <laughs> it's in verse thirty nine actually. So. You, could, you know, usually, like, we always say, La hawla quwata illa billa, uh, yes. it's a musibah, right? Actually, we can uh-uh. also say this um, in such instances. Oh. Because it's usually, yeah, it's usually always related to, to you know, when something happens, a disaster, mm. then we say that. But I say, you can actually say this also um, as a dua, la, to, in a way, I guess, to protect, our, I mean, to protect ourselves and to take the jealousy away also. Oh, yeah, I will practice that. La. I think, and, and on top of that, like, I like to compare yeah, I like to compare lah. So, like, wow. You know, I could have done this better in this way. So, I think, I think, I, I should, I, I, I get the arrogance lah. But sometimes I hope that, you know, I don't translate it and hurt anyone's feeling. But I know, anyway, it really reflects bad on me lah, right? For, for not having a heart that is clear. <laughs> you know, on that note, I, you know, sometimes when we feel that life, is going well for us and then we we take we start to take things for granted oh you know so what's next i already have everything i think that's when we are dangerously arrogant first and foremost this is this is a reminder to myself uh, that we need to keep reminding ourselves that all this is not possible without uh without allah's blessings without allah's will okay thanks Ayn, for your sharing of your reflection um speaking about that phrase right la hola wala wa bila Raf mentioned we are uh, it's ingrained in us to stay when when there's musibah and I think we it's important that we unlearn that because uh, I think it's the type of dua right so when we say dua um the angels when we say dua we say dua for others also uh, the angels will say and same for you too yeah one of the hadith and then um we should also we should also say this uh phrase or this dua when uh when we like have some feelings of jealousy. And as reported in, an, in a hadith, it was reported from Abu Umama ibn Sal ibn Hunayf that his father told him that the messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam went out and they travelled with him towards Makkah until they reached ship Al Khazar in Al Jufa. Sal ibn Hunayf washed himself and he was a fair man with a handsome body and skin. Amir ibn Rabi'ah, the brother of Bani Ubay ibn Kaab looked at him when he was washing and said, I have never seen anything like this, not even the skin of a virgin in seclusion. This was a metaphor for the intense whiteness of his skin. Then Saul suffered a seizure and he fell to the ground. He was brought to the messenger of Allah wasallam, and it was said, O messenger of Allah, do you know what happened to Saul? By Allah, he cannot raise his head and he will not wake up. 
he said, Do you accuse anyone with regard to him? They said, Amir ibn Rabi'ah looked at him. So the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam called Amir and spoke angrily with him, saying, Would any of you like to kill his brother? If you see something that you like, why do you not pray for blessings for it? Then he said to him, Amir, do ghusl for him. So he washed his face, hands, elbows, and the soles of his feet, and inside his izar, lower garment, from a vessel. Then that water was poured over him, how? Uh, a man poured it over his head and back from behind tilting the vessel. This was done to him. Then Sal went on with his people and there was nothing wrong with him. So I think in this uh, in this hadith, uh, I think they're talking about the penyakit Ain. I wasn't aware of this penyakit until recently in social media, right? Because like we post things, post photos. And then, no, not you, Ain. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody posted about this penyakit Ain, which is uh, Raf, do you want to explain about it? Uh, basically, it's having uh, the feelings of jealousy towards someone. You know, when, let's say, a friend of you posts um, a happy picture of her and her family and then you feel so jealous, so you 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 wish or you pray sinister things towards the person? Yeah, some, some something like that. Okay. Uh, Ain, again, it's not you. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> I know, I terasa, but I know it's not me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's quite dangerous. Like, sometimes, I, I, I've read that also, like, people can just be sick uh, and they don't even know what is the reason, what is the cause for it. Like, they're just sick. So, and then this penyakit ayin is, is, like, the reason for it. Like, some people don't even know it. So, I think you should also be wary. And that's where this space is very important to recite whenever we feel jealousy. Because to are, right? Um, let's move on. Uh, Nat. Can you share your reflection uh, with us for this week? Okay, so I think one takeaway for me, uh, my reflection is that uh, the envy for people, uh, like when you see on, especially on social media, when you're scrolling through, you know, those people that you follow on Instagram, for example, when they buy new, when they get a new bag from their husband, or yeah, is that you, uh, when they buy expensive, when they get sponsored for clothes and all that, you feel the tinge of envy. And, but you forget that, you know, all these things are just temporary things that even when I'm using my sister's stuff, yeah, I, I envy her that she has the money to buy all this. But then actually, uh, you realize at the end of the day, you realize that the novelty actually wears off. Then, and you forget that actually all this, you don't bring it with you when you die. You know, you only bring your uh, whatever you, your ibadah and whatever you learn. And, it, and I didn't realize that even for children, it's like, I know I was a bit shocked when I read that children are also superficial i guess when you have kids you shouldn't like you know maybe you envy people who have kids who are like very smart or what so you, know, you shouldn't be you shouldn't have that feeling that instead it, it's good that they, their children are like that or uh, i know like for you guys you're still trying to have kids and i know it's very hard not to feel envy but i think inshallah if you're yeah your your rescue will come and always just make dua i know it's not easy i mean i'm not in your position Although I try to understand your position. So I, I think unless I'm in your position, I would know. But then what I feel is that we just need to remember that at the end of the day, whatever is given by Allah is all written down already. And we have to remember that there are reasons why he don't give it to us. And we should reduce that envy. It's difficult, but we try to reduce the envy whenever we can. Like uh, Rafsi, you know, you can recite that dua, inshallah. It will be repeated in other ways. 
Alright, thanks Nat. Uh, I think this is also reflected in one of the verses uh, in Surah Al-Kaf, verse 46. Wealth and children are an adornment of the life of the world, but the deeds of lasting righteousness are the best in the sight of your Lord in you watch and far better a source of hope. Alright, uh, what about Mirza? Can you share your reflection for this week? Okay, my main takeaway is like sometimes we talk about other people but sometimes you should also check yourself when you're speaking to others like showing off on social media uh, like we can easily say or post about the things we have but how do you think people who don't have that recipe would feel like what Nadia said is real like uh, I'll be showing off my kids on social media then what about people who don't have that recipe to have kids, right? They will probably feel a tinge of sadness, anger, or hatred towards these people who show off their kids. In my opinion, like so, we have to check ourselves, lah. And instead of like planting these seeds of inadequacy to other people, because that is also a, that also leads to some destruction, whether whether in material things or in society. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Nita. Also on the note of arrogance, um, it's still from Yasid, Dr. Yasid Kardi, I just wanted to share, he put, he, he wrote here that, you know, the hadith, I think Sahih Muslim, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud narrated that the Prophet wasallam said, no one who has an atom's weight of arrogance in his heart will enter paradise. Um, and it kind of like makes you, kind of hits you lah. We, we may like right now think that, no, I don't have lah. I, I, I'm, uh, you know, this thing humbles me, but I think there will be sometimes when we falter and we macam have this tinge of arrogance and and from this um hadith it already says an atoms to an atoms, you know, is very tiny, very, very tiny. So yeah, that's a point of reflection for us. Uh anyone else have anything else to share? So uh I think just to add on to what uh Mita and Nat shared also, I think we have to remind ourselves that um everyone is blessed differently by Allah. Um, you know, all of us comes, I mean, have different blessings, you know, perhaps one person is blessed with a child, but, you know, but they may not have a happy marriage, that kind of thing. And then they, they you know, they, they see us, you know, while we are over here, you know, envying them having a child, but that they over there are envying the fact that we have a happy marriage, that kind of thing. So I think we just have to remind ourselves that uh, everyone's blessed differently by Allah. Um, and you know whatever that Allah has given us or whatever that we have right now I think ultimately we still need to remember to give thanks to Allah for you know for for having you know for for even the basic thing of being able to breathe yeah so we just have to keep reminding ourselves and not be arrogant um, in, with what with whatever we have in this life agreed um, I think at the root of it uh, we should practice gratitude well should make us better Having a zakat should make us better to help others. We can find ways to help others with what we have. Uh, because I, I, you know, I always hear this, um, and I, and I, I agree with it. Uh, with what in whatever recipe that we have is also someone else's recipe also. So we must always remember that whatever wealth that we have right now, it also belongs to someone else. Recently, Asha Shaira shared uh, that, like she was, uh, you know, all this. COVID and then it affects her livelihood because her livelihood is basically conducting like classes, physical classes in, in, in everyone attends. So she was a little bit worried about that. So she, she made dua and then after that she realised that Allah really provides you what you need. <laughs> so like you have to trust 
I think the the keyword here also is to, to put like trust in Allah that He will provide for us. Like even though macam it feels like there's no way out, I think that is uh how He tests us to macam or to cultivate this sense of like trust towards Him that He will provide. He will indeed provide, and He will give you what you need. I think one nothing less. All right, so um, I mentioned last week that uh, reading Surah Al-Kaf will help us to protect uh, ourselves against Dajjal. So how does this story uh, help us to uh, help us with the protection against Dajjal? So um, one of the tribulations that Dajjal will bring will be his ability to control food and water. So those who believe in him will be fed, and those who do not, Dajjal will stop their source of sustenance and cause the earth to dry up beneath them. So in such a context, uh, Allah is teaching us in this parable that He provides, only He provides. Uh, again, we need to trust Him. Okay, we need to believe that Allah will provide to us um, sustenance and He is the only one who controls the earth and everything else, every single movement, every single thing on earth. Allah is the one who controls and that Allah will pave out a way for us in ways that we won't even imagine and it's, it's really, uh, really going to be miraculous. So yeah. That's the end of our Tadabu for this week. If you like our content, don't forget to follow us on Spotify. We're also available on Instagram where we do um, where we will post our Quran journaling uh, spread and also do mini book reviews. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Assalamualaikum. 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 Assalamualaikum.